The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Gitin. Masechet Gitin has been sponsored by our good friend and loyal Talmud of the Dafayomi, Mr. Haimi Dana, and his dear wife, Hashem Ishmael Mechayem. He has dedicated this Masechet according to the following principle. Our rabbis tell us that when you learn something, it can avert that item from happening. So we'd like to learn the Masechet Gitin, so it will remain in the theory of learning and never come to fruition in actuality. And therefore it should be blessed, him and his dear wife, and all of Klal Yisrael, with Shalom Bayit, and Atzlachan Harvacha, Bechol Ma'asei Yedehem, Amen. Daf Yudala, today's Daf is being studied, Lu Nishmat, Kamor Zekin Yusuf Ben Sarah, Ve'emadat Zekinati Yafam Bat Sarah, Rabbi Abraham Ben Esteru, Hashem Tani Ham Begad Eden, Amen. Today's Daf is being studied, Refuah Shedema Moshe Mendiena, Sarah Ruhama Batarcha, Ve'esana Batarcha, Ena Repera Nefesh, Fata 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 uh, with the words Ella. The discussion over here is <coughs> is the uh, sugya of Ma'amad Shiloshtan. What is Ma'amad Shiloshtan? Rav made a statement that if you have three people in front of each other, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. So Reuven is owed money by Shimon. So Reuven is able to tell Shimon in front of Levi, the money that you owe me. <clears throat> I want you to give it to Levi. That is called the rule of Ma'amad Shiloshtan. The Kenyan is binding, the money is, uh, the obligation, I should say, is transferred. The question is the mechanics of Ma'amad Shiloshtan. Exactly how does that work? So the Gemara offered one uh, possibility how the mechanics of it work, but the Gemara rejected it on the last Amud. And now. Uh, Rav Ashe is going to offer another uh, interpretation. The mechanics works like this. <coughs> a person lends money to uh, Shimon, right? Uh, after a certain period of time, that loan is spent already. That loan is gone. Uh, that, that's what you lend the person money for. You lend it so he can spend it. So the question is, uh, when does the shi'bud, uh, when does the obligation uh, manifest itself? So the Gibran is saying over here, Reuven comes to Shimon at a later date and says, I want now that loan that you owe me, you don't owe it to you anymore. I want now a new loan to be set up. You're going to owe that loan now to Levi. Now, what makes Le- Shimon uh, finish in his heart to want to actually do such a thing, which means he has to be gomer belibo to accept such a uh, such a situation. Nothing is here; the loan is spent already. So, what is his incentive to want to, you know? So the Gemara says, no, but he owes it to Shimon. He owes it to, to, to Reuven, which means he has to be gomer dato. He has to accept upon himself to transfer that loan now to Levi. Just because he doesn't do it, but he has to he has to wholeheartedly accept such a, such a deal. So the Gemara says he'll accept it. You know why? Because he'd rather have a new loan than an old loan. Why? Because on, an, on a new loan, he has more time to pay. Because on the old loan, the guy wants his money back already. But when you create a new loan from scratch, so now you can start, you know, uh, delaying the guy again. He doesn't have to worry about it. So therefore, there is a certain hana'ah 
that the guy uh, in, enjoys by changing an old loan <coughs> into a new loan with a new person. So therefore, with that Hana'ah, the Gemara says he's Mishabed himself. And therefore, the Gemara's initial question was, yeah, but what about, let's say, we thought initially that the, uh, the transfer takes place at the time of the loan. And if we had questions, what about if the guy who you're transferring to wasn't born yet, he wasn't in the world yet, but now the Gemara says it doesn't matter. It's not happening at the time of the initial loan, it's happening later on, even if the loan is gone, but with the Hana'ah that he gets, that he knows now that he has a new loan as opposed to an old loan, so he's Mishabed he's himself, he's willing to wholeheartedly <coughs> make that transfer. So comes the Gemara says, Amar lehuna, morbered Rabbi Hamil Rabashi'ila me'ata, kigun hane debe bar el yashiv. Yeah, but what about the like the family of Bar El Yashiv, the Kafteh Shakle Le Altar, which means they are bullies, these people, and they collect their money on loans immediately. Which means they don't care first loan, second loan. These guys they want their money very fast. So in situations like that, according to the way you're setting up this deal, it wouldn't work this Mahmachilostan. Because it only works because the guy's happy to do it because he knows he can get more time. But what about the, let's say, to a type of person like these Badali Yashi people that they don't give any extra time? They come and they take the money immediately, so therefore there's no Hana Avade. He's not getting, he's not gaining any extra time by making it into a new loan. So the Gemara says, Hachanami, the Lokanu, are you going to tell me that the Kinyan of Mahamad Shalotan doesn't work? Vechitem, Hachanami, and if you're going to tell me, yeah, it's not going to work in that case. So then already, Rav, your, your law of Ma'amad Shiloshtan is not conclusive. It's not in all cases. Now normally when a rabbi makes a statement without giving any restrictions, it means in all cases. But now the way you tell me the logic, it restricts it to a case of somebody that's going to want the loan immediately. The Gemara concludes as, Ela Amar Morzutra, Ani Tlat Mile, Shavinu Rabbanan Kilcheta Belotama. There are three laws that we're going to discuss right now that defy halachic logic. Means the rabbis made the rulings on these laws even though it goes against conventional halachic wisdom. What are the three laws? Number one, hada ha. The first one is the law we're just discussing. Ma'amad shiloshtan by a malveh. Which means the law of the three people by a loan. Which means the law of three people by a picadon, by a collateral, that makes sense. Because collateral is there. So therefore, he can, you know, he can say, I want you that collateral that's there in your possession. Shabed yourself to give it to so-and-so. But the hadus, even on, on, on a loan, even though we are having a hard time understanding the logic, because it's going to limit some cases, it's one of these things where the rabbis just said the law works, even though it's against uh, the logic sometimes. And the reason why the rabbis have a right to do this is because there's a law that's called Hefker Betin Hefker. The rabbis have a right, uh, through their powers, to make somebody's money Hefker, meaning to make it ownerless, and give it to somebody else. So they employed like that concept of hefker, bedin hefker, the law that bedin can make something hefker, in such a case, uh, by the ma'amad, shaloshtan. That is the uh, first case. What is the second case? <coughs> the second case is like this. V'idach, damar v'yudamar shemuel, hakotev kol nechasav le'ishto. A guy writes a shtar to his wife, all his assets giving them to his wife. Lo asa ela apotropia. All he meant to do is just to make her the executor of the of the properties or the administrator, but he's really not gifting all his properties to his wife. Now that goes against conventional halachic wisdom, because he wrote in the start, I'm giving all the properties to my wife. Now you read the start, they belong to her. Your she are, uh, <coughs> are knocked out. But the rabbis came along and said, even though that's what he wrote, cannot cannot be what he meant. Because normal people do not give all their money 
to their wife and knock out the inheritors. What he meant was, <clears throat> he probably wanted to be the, in, the administrator of the money, you know, to, to take care of and all that. Why would he write such a thing? He wants his uh, children to be afraid of the mother. And he gives all this uh, power over here. So that's again, it's, it's a halakha, but it goes against uh, normal uh, wisdom. It's a bit like, even though you wrote one thing, the rabbi is going to say, he wrote uh, a gift uh, to the wife, but it doesn't mean that. It means that she has limited uh, power just as an administrator. The third halakha says, <clears throat> Like a guy marries his uh, first son or his older son uh, to a lady, marries uh, his older son to a lady in a house the child owns the house what's the case in the olden days there was a custom of a father that when someone got married he would build him a house it was called Bet Hatnut they would make the wedding there they would do the Shema Berachot there and then uh, usually they would live in that house now in this case over here the father did not officially make a star giving the son this house but the Gemara says we can assume if it's his first son getting married and the rules are, she's ma- he's marrying a betula, so the father's very happy for his son getting married, he's marrying a betula, and he cleared out the house for the wedding, and he made the wedding there, so the assumption is, even though he didn't write a shtar and things like that, it's his house, he was konet. Now, coming now, let's say the father dies, the other brothers can't come along now and say, we want to split the, uh, split the house up. So again, it goes against the and conventional wisdom because he didn't, the father didn't say anything, there were no documents written up over here, but we're going to say from the actions of what he did and from the emotions that we know that a person's happy when his first son gets married, so therefore you can assume that the house is actually belonging to the son himself. So those are the three halachot uh, that apply. Comes the Gemara and says, Okay, story. Rav tells Rabahabardila. Kabad de Morika itli gabach. You have a kav of Morika. Morika, if I'm not mistaken, is saffron. It's like a, like an herb of some sort of spice, exactly. He says, listen, you have like a, a small amount of saffron of mine by you. Yahava leploni. Be'ape. He said, I want you to give it to so and so. And he told it to him in front of him. So this was a classic case of Ma'amad Shiloshtan. <clears throat> you know. He really gave it to him to watch, exactly. So it's a collateral. He told him, listen, you know, that, that little saffron that I gave you over there to watch me, I want you to give it to that guy that's in front of me. Ka'amin alak, he says, and I'm telling it to you in front of the third guy, Delo Hadarnabi. Which means I, I want to make it binding that I won't be able to retract. So he's like, he says, I want to lock myself into this deal over here. So I'm telling it to you in front of the third guy, so you can give it to him. The Gemara says, Mechlaal, we're implying, which means, what do you mean? You're telling me that what? That if he, it, 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 it's, if he, if he would want to retract, he would be able to uh, retract? Which means, the Gemara is asking a, uh, a question. Uh, as if he's saying over here, he's saying, I'm telling to you, as if he wants to put like a pressure on himself. You know, I, I want to say it in front of this guy, you know, so I won't, uh, I won't retract. But, but it sounds like, halakhically, if he wanted to retract, he would be able to. Now, how can we retract? We have the law of Ma'amad Shiloshtan, that once the guy gifts uh, the item to the next guy, it's, it's a done deal. He cannot retract. So the Gemara says, no. Haki Kamar. What he meant to say is, because I'm doing it this way, it does not lend itself to retraction. Which means, once I'm going to gift it to this guy over in front of him with the rule of Ma'amad Shiloshtan, it transfers from uh, Shimon and goes to Levi. He, he wasn't saying, I'm doing it to pressure myself so I won't retract. He can't retract regardless. That's what I'm saying. I want to do it in this way. 
Because in this way it is binding. Now the Gemara says, Ha'amarav hadazimna. He says, what are you talking about? What did Rav have to teach us this law with the saffron, the ma'amad shiloshtan law? Rav taught us the law already. The amaravuna marav maneli biyadechar. A classic case. There's a there's some money by you. Tenau lo leploni b'ma'amad shiloshtan kana. Didn't we learn the ma'amad shiloshtan case already in a regular case of money where a guy reuventos shemon the money that you owe me give it to Levi. So what, what, what do you have to mean another story with the uh, with the saffron? So the Gemara says ima he if it was only from the money case hava minani mili matana meruba. I would say that maybe only applies to a significant matana, to something that is valuable. Aval matana mu'etet lo But maybe a small matana, you don't have to have the third guy in front of you. Kamashmanan even so, which means like this. When it comes to a uh, a big matana, <coughs> that's when you need mamach I would think. Why? Because I want I need to show that the guy really means to 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 give that money to the third guy. So what's in front of him He's not going to say it unless he's going to do it, right? So therefore he's telling Shimon in front of Levi, the money that you owe me, I want you to give it to uh, Levi. Okay, maybe then you need Ma'amad Shiloshtan, because that's a significant uh, 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 transfer. However, maybe I like the saffron case over there. It's not the, the guy, what does he care? So therefore maybe you don't have to do it even in front of the third guy, right? Maybe he'll be, be willing to give it over wholeheartedly, even without having the third guy in front of him. That's why the Gemara said, even on a small item like that, Rav said, in front of the third guy, I'm being Makneyu the Saffron, the Morika, in order to make the uh, transfer. So don't think it's only, you need the three guys on significant items, but even on uh, less items as well. And as she says, Maybe you think you only need Bifanav Matana Miruba, right? A, a significant gift. That's why you had to say, I'm doing it in front of the third guy. You still need it in front, which means, even though, we'll get the whole transfer works because everybody's gomerda'at of it. So you would have thought that it's gomerda'at even if it's not in front. That even on a small item, you need to have the gimirat da'at. That is the, uh, that is the halakha. Good. I guess the assumption is when you're saying it in front of three people, you really mean it. So you might have told on a small item, you've got to even say it in front of three people. Come on, even on a small item, you got to say it. Okay, comes to Gibran and says now, tells a story. Okay, they were these like uh, gardeners, but more, more sort of like farmers that uh, would sell uh, vegetables. They were partners in all the uh, profits. Okay? And they would make husband If they would sell all their goods, they would calculate on the profits and they would uh, split it evenly. After they made the calculations, they noticed that by one of the partners, he had an extra five zoos. Okay? He got an extra five. They, 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 they miscalculated the, the, the dividends. And one of the guys, uh, five zoos remained by him. So they said like this, As you know what? We're going to use that five that's by you we're going to transfer it to the owner of the field to pay taxes. Now, it's a figure, it's extra, and we all have to pay taxes anyway. So, you know what? That five, we're going to transfer. So, what they did is they did the ma'amad shiloshtan. The partners, in front of this guy with the extra five, in front of the guy who owns the field, they said, the money that you owe us, that five, that we have to split, we want you to give it to 
to that guy of the owner of the field, vekana mine, and not only that, but to fortify this kinyan, they didn't only use the ma'amad shiloshtan method, they used what's called the kinyan suda, which means they shook hands over a handkerchief, which that already transfers the uh, money to the third party, right? Lesof, at the end, azal, the guy went, avad choshbena ben dilil he calculated exactly did he indeed take an extra five? Lo And he realized it was an extra. Which means they figured out that the dividends were, were split up equally. Now there's an issue over here. Because now he lost the five already. They did the uh, Kenyan Sudan. <coughs> so he's out five zoos. So they came in front of Rav Nachman to see what's going to be over here. Amar le, He says, listen, what do you want me to do to you? Hada de Amar First of all, you got the Rav's deen of Ma'amad Shiloshtan. The odd, Ha'kanu Minach. Furthermore, you did the Kenyan Sudan. You did the handkerchief, you transferred the item. What do you want? Which means, Rav Nachman originally thought the guy's coming to back out. You can't back out. You already transferred it. Amar le, I'm not coming to, to say that I want to back out. What he's saying is that he didn't transfer anything because the money's not by him. Well, he, he not look at the back out. That was, he wasn't regretting what he did. He's saying, Rabbi, really that money, that five, is not, uh, doesn't exist. There wasn't, five, there wasn't an extra five. And therefore, I'm questioning the whole thing was done under a, uh, under a f- mistake. It was a false pretense. So it comes again and says, Ambarde imken, kenyan betautu, vechol kenyan betaut, Ozer. You're right, it was a mistake. Right, you say, there was nothing to transfer, there was no five. It was all, all done thinking that there was an extra five in my, in my pocket. That five didn't exist. Oh, kenyan betaut, Ozer. And everything goes back to, you know, to, to, to take the five again, split, and there's no five. Now, uh, the, the guy in the field has no claim. The guy from the field can't say, oh, you owe me that five. No, no, no. Everything goes back to, uh, to the beginning. Itmar. Okay, now we go to a, uh, uh, a statement over here. Okay? From the Amoraim. A guy gives money to a shaliyah. Okay? To, his, uh, to a messenger. And he tells him like this. Tells him, walk the money to so-and-so. I owe, I owe the money. Walk, walk him the money. Holech, transfer it. Walk it to him, actually. Okay. Amarav, so Rav says, Hayav ba'achariyuto. The sender, okay, is still obligated. Uh, he's responsible. Meaning, if something happens to that money, right? The shaleah loses the money on the way there. The mishaleah, the sender, is still on the hook. The imbal now, if the sender wants to retract, if he gave him the money to the shaliyah, right, and he wants, uh, you know, wants him to give him back the money, he cannot retract. So he's on the hook for responsibility, but he has no right to make a retract. I'm going to explain why. Since he is responsible, if anything happens to the money, that's why if he wants to retract, he can retract. So let's just crystallize the laws here. Everybody says the sender is still obligated for if anything happens to the money. Okay? Right. Which means he's going to be... If something happens, if something happens to the money, the Mishalayah 
it's not, it has to pay. Why not? Again, that, that we understand. Don't, don't, the the Mishalaya can't tell the, 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 the guy that he owes the money, or I sent it with the guy. No, no, no. He's just not responsible. No, no. The, the guy still, right, right. still going to have to pay the debt. Right. He can't come along and say, I sent it to you, because that we understand, because bottom line, the, the guy that's receiving the money, he didn't appoint the Shaliyah. It's not his Shaliyah. Right? right. right? It's, not, it's the sender's Shaliyah. So therefore, I, I don't know the guy who's been coming. So therefore, uh, uh, what? Well, he's got to deal with the Shaliyah now. He's got to deal with the Shaliyah. You, you cannot come along and tell the guy that you owe the money to, deal with the Shaliyah. No, no, no. You're on the hook now. Okay? You fight the Shaliyah, but bottom line, you owe the, uh, you owe the money. That, we have no problem. The question is, can you back out or not? Right? So Rav says, you can't back out. See, the kid changes his mind. He says, ah, I, don't, I don't want to give. Once you give it to the Shaliyah, he's on his way. According to Shemuel, he says, no, you can't retract. So what's the, what's the logic? It's like, it's like this. Let us say that the argument is like this. Demor Savar, that's Rav, holds, which means when you say the word holech, now go walk it to the guy, that's like saying the words zechi. Zechi means I want you to be zochet this money for that guy. Right. Now we know we have a rule, zechim Adam shelo b'fanav. Right? Isn't it a zechut for the guy to get paid? Absolutely, right? So therefore, when you tell your shaliyah, go bring it to him, that's like you tell him, I want you to acquire it now for, for him. And therefore, once you're acquiring it for him, you're like, you cannot uh, back out. Because we consider it as if it's by the, uh, by the receiver uh, already. Then we cannot back out. Umor Sabat, Shimuel must hold what? Holech, lav kishidame. And therefore, since Holech, when you tell the guy Holech, just bring it, it's not like zhi. So therefore, he still has a chance to retract. To retract, because he didn't tell him to be zochet. That's the machloket. This is a famous uh, sugya of, do you say Holech, bring it is like zhi, meaning uh, acquire it for him, or is Holech not like zhi? Okay, let's read Rashi. That she says, Rav Savar, Holech is Chidam, Hilkach, Eno Hozer. Can't retract. Miu Hayaba Hariuto. But that doesn't change it. He's still obligated to, to, to uh, if something happens, you know why? Shamalve, Losiba, Lumoslam, Lizeh. Exactly. This Shaliyah is an agent of the, of the, of the, of the borrower. But the lender didn't make this guy a Shaliyah. So therefore, of course, the borrower is always going to be on the hook. But since Rav says, Holech is Kizki, he's not going to be able to make a retraction. Which Shemuel says, no, he will be able to. That's the, uh, the first. Now, now, even though Shemuel gave a different logic, uh, the Gemara at this point over here is not paying attention to what Shemuel's logic was. Shemuel made a statement, he said, since he's, able, since he's obligated on that money, therefore he can retract. But now the Gemara is saying, no, no, the reason why he can retract this is because Holech is not like Zhi. So we'll have to see exactly where Shemuel's reason, he linked two things together. We'll see where that uh, Sevara comes in. Right now the Gemara says. Because says, no, that's not the Mahloket. Mahloket is like, Everybody owes what? When you tell the guy, bring the money to the, to, to, to the guy I owe it to. When you tell him to bring it to him, it's like at that point already he's telling him, Bizochef him. Oh, so if that's the case, so we understand Rav again. Rav, that's why Rav says you can't back out. The bottom line was okay for him at that moment. So what's the Mahlok about? The Mor Sabar Lo Amrinan Migo. Mor Sabar Amrinan Migo. The question is, do you say the Migo? The Migo usually is 
right? Migo usually works like, since I could say this, therefore I could say uh, the law will be like that. I Migo mean, like it links two different uh, laws together. So Rav is going to say what? Lo amrinan Migo, which means, I don't say, since he's obligated, he could retract. And Shemuel says, no, since he's obligated, if something happens, therefore that gives him the right to retract. Which is, he links the two laws uh, together. Look at Rashi. We generally speaking, now look at look, look, look the way Rashi learns over it. She has a very, very poor chitaya. Generally speaking, when you give a guy something to give to somebody else, it's like this. If it was a gift, this is not a case of a gift. This is paying back a debt. But if it was a gift, where you're not responsible uh, for a gift, you, know, you don't owe the gift, right? Generally speaking, everybody owes by a gift, is not kizchi. Right? Because, I'm sorry, Holech is kizchi, because it's a gift. And therefore, you're not responsible, right? Let's say something happens to the gift. So what? You don't have to pay the guy anyway. So in a gift case, everybody's going to go to the However, Shemuel Saban, Amrinan Migo, Metok Shahayab Bahariyut, Iban Azozer. But in this case, he says like this Since you're Hayab Bahariyut, if something happens to that uh, money that you're going to pay back, you're on the hook, you're going to have to pay. So therefore, by a loan, Holech, not Kizchi. Just listen to the way, the, the, the way that she learned this in the answer of the Gemara. Really, everybody owes Holech Kizchi. Where? By a matana. By a gift, there's no argument. And go with the logic. Because since you're not obligated on this money, or if something happens to it, so therefore it's like you're telling the guy from now, you have no responsibility if something happens to it. Oh, implying what? In the case where you have responsibility, for example, like a loan, then Shemuel's going to say, oh, once you're on the hook for the item, so therefore it's not uh, Kizchi. It's giving you still rights to retract. Which means, in a Matana, everybody agrees, Holech Kizchi. But in a loan, Shemuel's going to say, since you are responsible for it, so that still, that, what does that mean? Let's speak it out. If you're responsible, that means it's still by you. Yeah. Right? It's still by you. Oh, it's still by you. So therefore we don't say by loan, Holech is Kizchi. And therefore, he still has the right to back out. That's the Machlokatin, Rav and uh, Shemuel. Which is generally speaking, Holech is, I'm sorry, yeah, Rav and uh, Shemuel. Normally speaking, Holech is Kizchi by Matana. And the logic why Matana, it's Kizchi because there's no Aharayut. But in the case where there's Aharayut, there's Shemuel's going to come along and say, it's still by him. Now the Gemara just brings a proof to Rav. Tanya Kivate de Rav. That what? That when you give a maneh to a shaliyah, uh, it's kodech kizki, kodech maneh lefloni. Shaliyah hayav lo. Four cases. Uh, bring money to the guy that I owe. Ten maneh lefloni shaliyah hayav lo. He says, give the money that I owe. Case number three. Kodech maneh lefloni pekadon shiyesh lo biyado. Or take this, um, uh, this uh, item, this money to so and so. Uh, he's giving back a collateral, right? Ten manele floni pikadon shiyeshlo biyadi. That's one of those last two cases. 
the first, let's get all the four cases again. Tanya Kivotidirav. Case number one. Take this money to so and so, I'm Hayav. Case number two. Ten money the Flonich and Hayav. Look, give this money. Either Holech or ten. Case number three. Holech money the Floni. Pikadon sheyesh lo biyadi. Right, which means he's holding is collateral. Okay? And the third one is ten mane. Okay, holech and ten. My money and buy collateral. Either way, he's sending the guy. Either go uh, give the money back or go bring the collateral back. Okay? Give the money and get the collateral. Either holech and ten. Now what's the... Uh, What's, what's the law? Let's get the law. Here's the key. Hayav b'achariyuto. Well, that's clear. The sender is obviously hayav b'achariyuto. Which means if something happens on the way, the sender is still responsible. But clearly, if he wants to retract, he cannot retract. Whose opinion is that like? Rav. Rav holds that what? It's like zichi. Holech is like zichi. <laughs> Ten is like zikhi. That means once already the money is in the senders, in the shaliyah's hand, it's like it's by the the uh, the uh, the lender already. But the shaliyah works for... That, that, that's why. That's why. He can tell him but to stop. No, he cannot tell him to stop. If I, if I, if Honech is kizchi, I'm telling him at this point over there, bizochef for that guy. So now, one of the cases that we learned in the four cases in this bright over here was the case of pikadon. Right? where the guy's uh, sending a picadon, a collateral, go bring this collateral back to the, uh, to the guy. Mm-hmm. Right? So comes the Gimbalan and says, picadon, lemale en retsono shiyeh picadono Which is why you tell me that he can't back out the sender. Let the sender tell the, uh, the guy that he owes the collateral to, no, the reason why I'm backing out over here is because I know you would not want your collateral in somebody else's hands. Which means you gave it to me to watch over here. Right? So therefore, let the guy say, I should still have rights uh, to retract over here. Because normally speaking, when a guy has a, an object, he doesn't want that object to be in somebody else's uh, uh, possession. So therefore, the government just saying, I understand why the money... Right, money, money, money is money. It's not, a, it's not an object you can break and things like that. But a picadon, let the sender hold his rights of retraction. No, what? Okay, but he gave it to him. But now let him at least have the ability to retract because he has a good claim. Let him come along and say, hey, the guy doesn't want this thing to be in his hands. Okay, I, I got to take it back from him. I'm, I'm doing it to the benefit of the, of the, of the, of the guy that owns the picadon. It comes again what I'm saying. Look at Ashi. And Right? That's the one that owns the picadon. We're going to see that later on, that the normally guy doesn't want his picadon to be in other hands. Oh, so it turns out it's a hov. It's not a zikhut that the shaliyah is holding the item. Right? You can't do a hov unless it's in front of, unless the guy knows what's going on. Which means, in the case of the picadon, it's not a zikhut for the shirat to be holding it. On the contrary, when the guy finds out somebody else is holding my picadon, get it out of his hand. I don't want it to be in his hand. So therefore, I understand by money, but by a picadon, we should look at it as a chov, and if it's a chov, the mishalea should be able to retract. kafran. The case is talking about where the guy that's holding on to the picadon 
we know him to be, in previous cases, a kofir hakol. The guy's a denier. I mean, the guy doesn't return pigdonot. So therefore, this, the guy who owns the pigdonot, he's thrilled. If the shaliyah's holding the pigdonot, meaning it's on the way back, he's thrilled that that, that guy's going to give it to him back. He don't want it to go back to the uh, to, to the guy that's watching the pigadon film. Because this guy's a bad reputation. So in this case, it is a zikhut for the, the for the for the uh, for the one that owns the pigadon. Therefore it's considered a zikhut, therefore he's able to not retract. Only in that case. Yeah, in a regular case of Picadon, the logic would tell you he can he can bring him back. Because it's a hov. But in the case where the, the guy watching the pigadon is normally a kafran, look at that she says. Kishiruzak Mishalayahze, the sender, kafran, bepikadon. The Anan said, We could assume the guy wants it out of his possession, therefore he cannot retract. Okay, comes the Gemara, tells an interesting story. What else is like this? People owed him credit, they owed him money. He sold them uh, like uh, coats, overcoats, and things like that, and people owed him uh, money. In the city of Mehoza and David. So he told Rabbi Yosef Barhama, I know you're going to Mehoza anyway. So uh, when you come back, They're going to me if I pick up my money. You're going to be in Mehoza, bring back uh, the money that's owed to me. Azal, he went. So the people of Mehoza, they gave uh, Rabbi Yosef the money of Rabbi Sheshat. They came along and said, listen, we're giving it to you. We want to be off the hook. If anything happens, you're responsible. Right? So now, now, no, they should be on the hook. Good. Okay. So, so they came along. They came along, and they said, "Listen, we're giving you the money, but we don't want to. We'll see that. We don't want to be uh, responsible, right?" So comes again. What says? He's okay. No problem. At the end of the day, he oh, snuck out, nice. and he didn't, uh, he didn't make the deal. He had the money ready in his hand. He didn't accept the uh, responsibility. And what happened? When he got back to the he gave him his money. He told him the story what happened. They tried to, they tried to keep putting on the hook. Amar le Shapira Avat. You did good. Delo Shavit Nafshach Eved Loveh Leish Malveh. Shalman Melech says... The love, the borrower, is a slave. To, to, the, the lender is a slave to the borrower. <laughs> so he said, you did good, by the way, because if you would put yourself on the hook, now you're going to become the borrower. You're going to be, you're going to be my slave. Right. Therefore, you did good by not putting yourself in the position of a slave. Lishna harina. Another interpretation is shapir avad. You did good. Eved love which is what he was saying is like, you know why he did good? Because you kept them as the slaves. Which means, as long as they're on the hook, they're obligated to me. And therefore, it's good that you didn't accept yourself the uh, responsibility, because now they're still obligated. And So either he was telling him, it's a good thing that you didn't make yourself the Eved, or it's a good thing that you kept them as the Eved. Look at Ashi. Bottom line, Shapir Abat that you didn't uh, obligate yourself for nothing for no reason. And you have to make yourself my slave. 
ולאח לשנה גרי שפיר עבד דלא שביט נפשך עבד עובד ישמרדה. לשנה ענינה, דאדר גרסה איז, שפיר עבד עבד עובד ישמרדה. כלומר, שפיר עבד נשתבד. You did good by, you know, escaping the situation לפי שהם נובעים. Because they're the ones that owe the money. ועבדים לי. להביאו לי באחריותן. And therefore they're obligated to give me the, uh, to give me the money. So therefore it's a good thing you didn't uh, accept upon yourself the responsibility. That is the... No, I wasn't testing him. What's that scheme? We're just saying. He told. No, 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 no. He told. Go, go, go slow. He told him go pick up the money. Right. Okay. There's no obligation for Rabbi Yosef to accept responsibility on the money from the side of the from the side of the ones that are paying it, which means they're giving him the money over there now. They're giving him the money. We want you to accept responsibility. Something happens, we're off talking. I'm not taking this responsibility on me. Because he didn't feel that he was obligated. Why do I have to accept the responsibility that if something happens to the money, I have to pay Rav Sheshat? Which means, oh, oh, Rav Sheshat sent me back to pick up the money. That doesn't mean now that I have to accept responsibility on your side. The Edi asked your question. The Edi says, what are you talking about? Of course he's obligated of Yosef. Bottom line, if Rav Sheshat sent him, so therefore, he's responsible to bring that money back. If somebody happens to that money, that Yosef's on the hook. So what has he been thinking? He didn't, I'm not obligated, I'm not, I didn't accept upon myself. So the Me'idi explains that Rav Sheshat didn't appoint Rav Yosef as a pure shaliyah. He told him, if you're going to be there, do me a favor. You're not my shaliyah, you're not obligated. Like a... So when he got there, he told the people, listen, if you want, I'll be your shaliyah. To bring the money back. They told him, oh, you want to be my shaliyah? You know what? You're on the hook. He said, nah, he's, I'm doing you a favor. I'll be a shaliyah. I don't want to be responsible. So when he came back to Rabbi Shishan, he said, here's your money. By the way, they wanted, they wanted to put me on the hook. He says, good thing you didn't do that, by the way. Because if they would have put you on the hook, then you become my slave. He says, well, secondly, better to keep them as my slaves. You know, what do you got to enter the, uh, the picture over here? So that's a very good question. Yes, that's the easy answer. But you have to say that Shishan did not make him a shaliyah. It was more like doing an errand for me, but it was more uh, informal. It wasn't a... Because in the Kedami, you're right. If you made him a Shaliyah, so then of course uh, he's responsible. There's nothing to talk about. Comes to Gemara and says another story. Interesting story. Rav Achai ben Rabbi Yoshia vale ispeka de chaspa ben Okay, Rabbi Yoshia, he had, it seems, a certain kedekesef. Uh, certain silver uh, item. And it was by somebody in Nardea. Gave somebody a collateral. So now he wants to pick it up. So what happens? Amar lehu l'rabi dostai bar rabi yanai ul'rabi yosef bar kefar. He tells these two rabbis, Vahadeh da'atitu aitua ne'alai. Listen, you go into Nardea, bring, uh, bring me back my item. Azul yahaveh nihaleh. So they went to Nardea, and they went to get the keli. Amru lehu. So what happens? The people watching the pikadon they tell them like this: Nikne minaihu. We're not giving it to you. We want you to accept responsibility. So you have to say it's the same case as before, right? Accept responsibility. That means if something happens to the cup, we're off the hook. Amri lehu. So the rabbi said, "Lo, we're not accepting of responsibility." Amri lehu. So then the watchmen who are watching it tell the rabbis. So give it to us back. Seems they gave it to him already. Right. So now the rabbi says, hey, when I went out accepting, all right, give me the cup back. So one of the rabbis said, fine, here's the cup, I'll give you the cup back. I, I accept. 
So now the Mahlok is between the messengers themselves. One rabbi says, I'm not giving to you back. Which means why? Because we have a rule. Once you give a, a, a shaliyah, a, a pikadon, what did Rav say? We learned already. Holech is like zichi, and their foot's already, uh, you, you lost it, you chance to retract. So they started to beat him up. They started to beat the Yosef Bar Kefara. So these guys were gangsters. They started to beat up the rabbi. Hey, give us back the cup. Amru there. So they tell the other rabbi, the Biyostai Bar Biyana, they tell him, Hazimar Hechi Ka'avid. Which means, look what this guy's doing over here. He doesn't want to accept responsibility on the item, and he won't give us back the cup. So they, they, they're talking to the other rabbi about the rabbi that they're beating up. They're beating up the rabbi, the uh, Biyosef Bar Kefara. But they're telling uh, Rabbi uh, Yosef uh, Bar uh, Rabbi Dostai, look what this guy's doing over here. He don't want to accept responsibility. He's not giving us back the item. So Amar Lehusa Dostai says, Tavre Mule, hit him more. So when they got back to the rabbi, to the Rabbi Yoshia, Amar Leh, so Rabbi Yosef Bar Kefar tells the rabbi, Hazimor. Look, Rabbi, look what happened over here. Lo mistayid de lo sayan. It's not enough that my partner of those things didn't help me. Ela amar lu na me tafrimune. He told him, hit me more. So what's going on over here? Amar le. So, Rabbi Hai, Bar Yoshiyah, he asked from those things. Amai te'evid hache. Why didn't you give it back? He's asking the simple question. I'm sorry, why... Yeah, why did you give it back? Which means, okay, according to the halakha, you know the halakha says, once they made you a shadiyah, they can't retract. So he put him on the, on, on, on the question stand. He said, can I ask you a question? Why were you so uh, uh, eager to give it back? To me? It seems your colleague was right. So he says, Otan bin Adam. You know you know these people were? These were gangsters. Hen <laughs> Amma. Number one, they're and Shemidot. The giant. Big people. Vechovaan Amma. Even their clothes were intimidating. They had very, very scary clothes they were wearing. They talk from their stomach. Which means they have deep, deep, you know, intimidating voices. And they have very, very scary names. Arda, Arta, Pili Beresh. And Pili's the head of them. Omrim. Now he says, if these guys say, Kefutu, you know, tie up this guy, Koftin, they'll tie up the guy immediately. Omrim Harogu, if they say, kill the guy, Horgin, they'll kill immediately. Ilu Argu et Dostai, which means, if they would have killed me, Mina Tan Yanai Abba Barkemoti, who would give my father Yanai another son like me? Which means he's saying, listen, these guys are going to kill me. We think I'm going to start fighting with these people over there, they're, they're, they're like, they're, they're, they're mobsters. So he comes along, Amar Leh. So when the rabbi heard the story, he says, Here's your question. Are these guys connected to the, uh, to the government like they have connections? Amar Leh, Hen. Yes. They have connections with the government also. Yeshlem susim ufladim shiratim ha'alep. So he wanted to make sure they're saying the right information. He says, do they have horses and mules running in front of them like government officials? They used to have like the entourage of horses in front of them. Amar Leh, Yes. If that's the case, you did fine. 
you were right for wanting to give it back because they would have killed you. And therefore, I have no claim against you. And if we know what you were doing to the other guy, to the other rabbi, you, you, you knew that if you're not going to give in no. to them, they would kill you. So therefore, it makes uh, make sense uh, what you did. Okay. So that is the that is that piece over there. The Mara continues. Olech manet efloni. So a guy tells the Shaliyah, go bring this money to so and so. Ve'alach ubekshor. He went to find them. Ve'lo metzao. He didn't find them, which means the uh, guy died. That's why he did not find them. Which means the one that it was being sent to. Okay, we'll call that the lender. The one that's lending the money died. Olech mane lefloni. Take this money to such a person. Yeah. Yeah. ubikshoni. The shalia went to find that guy, and he was not there. Was not there. Because he died. Because he died. Yamaran continues. Olech mane lefloni. A guy tells the shalia, take this money to so and so. Vehalach ubikshoni. He went to find him. We call the receiver. Velo mitzao. He did not find him. Why didn't he find him? Because he was dead. Tanihada, one Braita says, Yahziru the Mishnah, give it back, give the money back to the sender. Vitanya Idach, and another Braita says, You give the money to the inheritors of the one that it was sent to. His inheritors. Now, what is the Mahlok between these two Braitas? The Mahlok is the following. One Braita says that when you give it to a Shaliyah, and therefore it's like it's acquired by the uh, sender, which even, sorry, the receiver already has it already. Therefore, even though the receiver is not there, his inheritors will inherit it. And therefore, it goes back to the sender. That's what we want to say the Mahlok is over here. Look at Nashi. And since the shaliyah was zocher while the receiver was still alive, it goes to the inheritance of the receiver. Amar Rabbi Ababarmamal. No, I can tell you that generally speaking, Olech is lav kishi. Also, what's the machloket over here? The two cases are as follows, which means by a regular case of bari, right? Everybody holds Olech is lav kishi. And that's why if the guy dies, if the receiver dies, it goes back to the Mishab the sender. However, the case that we're talking about over here where it goes to the inheritors, we're talking about a case where this guy was a shechiv merah. And we wrote a shechiv and a guy in his deathbed when he says, bring it to such and such, such a person, as if he told them, as if he wrote it, as if it's considered bizoche. Look at Rashi. Bishchiv merah, shekozeman, shelo chazarbo, right? So long as the shechiv merah did not retract, nevarav kichtuvim vechimsurim. Right? It's as if it was given over. Veholech dideh, and when he tells him, go bring the money over, zachehu, which means it's a zechud, he's okay for him already. Viyitenem liyurshem mishtenishtalcholo. Right? And you give it to the one, his inheritors. Why? Shariz zachah biyem b'chayav. Because the second the shaliyah got it, the receiver got it. Because koshchivera, it's like he got it already. Once he dies, it goes to the inheritors. So explaining the Gemara is bari and shchivera. Comes the Gemara and says, Zarzvid Amar, Mira. No, I can explain both cases is talking about a Shkiv Mira. Oh, so if the both cases are talking about a Shkiv Mira, and wow, we know by Shkiv Mira it's considered like Zahi, so then the question is, why doesn't the receivers, uh, why doesn't the receiver get it, or the receivers inheritors get it? So the Gemara says, Had the itel mekabel b'shaat matan ma'ot, had the letel mekabel b'shaat matan ma'ot. That means, when did the receiver die? If the receiver died before the shaliyah got the money, 
So therefore the shlichot was never activated, and therefore goes back to the sender. However, if after he got the money, then already he died, so then already, since already it was by him already, because he's considered the zocher, therefore it goes to the inheritors. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, which is the receiver was in the world, so the shaliyah zocher with it immediately. And therefore, Right? And by the way, when he dies, it doesn't matter, the Yorshim are going to receive it in, in, in his stead. Which means the receiver died before the even got it. Right? So that is the answer of the Gemara that I can say what? Both cases are talking about is but it depends when the receiver died. Comes the Gemara says, Papa Amar, now I can explain both right are talking about where they are both bari. Also, oh, if they're both bari and honech is lat kishi, also if honech is lat kishi, so then what's the case that you tell me you give it to the inheritors? So comes the Gemara and said, Hadimit mekabel behayenoten, which means we're talking about one case to where the mekabel, the receiver died behayenoten before the money was given over to the shaliyah, had the mit noten, and one case is the, sorry, the mekabel, had the mit mekabel, the receiver, died, behayenoten, right, in the life of the, before it was given over, therefore it goes back to the, mishaliyah, to the sender, had the mit noten, behayen mekabel, however, where the sender died, doesn't matter, once he gave it to the uh, shaliyah, we have a rule over here, the rule is, mitzvah lekayim devre hamit, it's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of the dead. That means once already the Shechid Merah gave it over to the... Not the Shechid I'm sorry. Once the Bari gave it over to Shaliyah, right? And then he died. So normally we say, Holech Lav Kishi. And therefore seeing it should go back to the Mishaliyah, to the sender. But we have another rule. Once he's dead, a new law is activated. There's a mitzvah to listen to the will of the dead. And therefore this guy wanted that money to get there. And therefore, since he wanted it to get there, the deed is going to be, you got to give it to the receiver or his inheritors, which means whoever's still around on that end. That is a big hadush to be said over here. Normally speaking, when it comes to a, uh, a regular shechid uh, merah, a regular shechid merah, the law is like this. He says, give it to this guy. Right? Uh, you know, uh, or he says, right, give it to this guy. Exactly. Normally the law is, once the shechid merah dies, so the money goes to the person that he wanted to give it to. If that person is not around anymore, it does not go to the inheritors of that person. You have to know just in general speaking, the way a shechimera mechanics work is, when let's say the guy's on the dead, I want the money to go to that guy. That guy becomes like an inheritor himself. He turns to an inheritor. And therefore, when the shechimera dies, finally, the money will go to that guy. But it doesn't go to that guy's inheritors. Unless the shechimera made an extra move. For example, he said, Holech. Bring the money to that guy. Bring the money's going more beyond. Besides saying, like, uh, you know, give it to him. He sent the shaliyah. Take the money and give it to that guy. That's what he did in action. In that case of a shechimeran, not only does the, the guy get it, but if he's not alive, even the inheritance, because he did an extra action. I'm just telling you that this should know there's a haluk in the laws of a shechimeran. If he just said, 
give it or he actually sent the shell in. That sending of the shell makes it a more of an action of mouth. And even the inheritors are going to get it as well. And even our case, we're talking about a Go back to our case, both cases of bari. And depends uh, who died. Which is, if the sender died, the Hidush Shomir is, even though normally he loch his Latskiski, and therefore technically you take, let it go back to the sender or hit the sender's inheritors, but the inheritors have on them a mitzvah to the Kayim, mitzvah and they knew that their father wanted that money to go to the other side, so therefore they have to send it regardless. Look at Ashi. Now she says, uh, the giver died. So those are the different answers of the uh, two contradictory brightos. This whole business, when you tell a shaliyah, go bring the money to that guy, is he so from immediately on the spot or not? This is actually subject, we want to say to a mahloket tanaim. Well, basically what we're going to do is we're going to bring you a brighter. The brighter is going to have six shitot. Now, uh, after we bring the six shitot, the Gemara is going to explain each shita. But in the six shitot, you're going to see that there are two shitot that are playing around with the, the machloket. Do you say olech is keski? Olech is not keski. So in the brighter of this six shitot, you're going to find uh, opinions. Some say olech is keski and some say not. Let's go to all the opinions now. Netanya, case number one. Holech mane lefoni. Go ahead, bring the money to this guy. Vehalak ubikshov elometzoh. He went to bring it, and the receiver was no longer. He died. Yahziru lemishalayah. Okay, that's Tarakama. That's case number one. He only discusses one simple case. He brought it to the guy. The guy wasn't there. He was dead. Return, bring it back to the Mishalayah. Case number two. Net Mishalayah. Now, case number two is adding. Not only in the case where the receiver died, but okay. now let's look at it. Or the Mishalayah died. The sender died. Or. Or the sender died. So it goes back again to the inheritors of the Mishalayah, of the sender. Okay? So the first case is talking about on one side of the equation, and the second rabbis add even if the sender dies, the money will go back. We'll see the Gemara is going to explain all the opinions. The Yeshomrim, and the third Shittah says, the Yorshem Mishinishtandehulo. They say no. In all cases, the money goes to the receiver or his inheritors. Rabbi Yudan Nasi Omer Mishum Rabbi Yaakov Sheamar Mishum Rabbi Meir Mitzvah Lekayem Devre Hamet. Now, what does this mean, Mitzvah Lekayem Devre Hamet? The Gemara will explain it exactly what he's arguing on the Yesh uh, Omrim. We'll see exactly. We'll wait for the Gemara. What does that mean? It's Mitzvah to fulfill the, the words of the Medachavim Omrim Yachloku. You split it. Give half to the Mishalayah, half to the, uh, half to the, the sender, and half to the receiver. The Khan Amru, and in Bavel they said, Let him do what he wants. Let the Shaliyah make the call where he wants to give the money to. Amar Abi Shimon Nasi, Ad Yadi Ayam Asay. He says there was a story that happened by me. The Amru, and what happened? They said Yaziru liYorshem Mishalayah, and they said bring it back to the sender. Now let's just catch up in Rashi's before we get into the uh, the subjects over here. Actually, we're fine. My love, Behakam Epalge. 
Let us say that the mahlokan of all these shitot is the following. And now the Gemara is going to go through each one and you'll understand the Sebarah. Tanakaba Sabar Holech Lat Kishi. Period. Tanakaba's case was what? The case was where the receiver died. That means the Shariah got the money, went to re- give it over, the guy wasn't there, he was dead. So what did Tanakama say? Give it back to the sender. That means Holech Lav Kishi. Because if Holech was Kishi, then you give it to the inheritors of that, uh, of that person. So Holech Lav Kishi, go to Tanakama. Now, and Rabbi Yaakov, the second rabbi, they only go a step further and they say, Now, even though they hold, even where the sender died, Right? We're not going to say that it's a mitzvah to fulfill the vreamet. And we're going to say, Let's see, let's get to those two concepts clear. That only helps me out on the side where the receiver died. Right, receiver died, send it back to the Mishaleah. Oh, but let's say the Mishaleah died. Okay, but he also holds that it's not a mitzvah to fulfill the words of the deceased. So you don't got to give it to the sender, you return it both cases back to the Mishaleah or his inheritors. Again, and in Mitzvah And therefore, even though the sender died, it's not a Mitzvah on his children to fulfill his wishes to give it to the receiver. The money will go back to them. That is the opinion of Rabbi Natan and Rabbi Yaakov. They hold Holech Kizchi. And therefore, since the old Olech is key, once the Shaliyah gets it, in all cases, no matter who dies at that point, it always goes to the receiver or his inheritors. Why? Olech Kizki. So stop right there. We have now found a Mahloka Tanaim is Olech Kizki or Olech Zlatki. We've proved that, proven our point. But let's go further to get the other she taught of the Braita. Gemara says, Rabbi Yudana Siyama, Mishum Rabbi Yaakov, Shemana Mishum Rabbi Meir, Holech Lav Kishi, that according to that shita, Holech is Lav Kishi, and therefore, in the case where the receiver died, right, we're going to say, bring it back to the Mishalayah, uh, because Holech is Lav Kishi, Miu Hechademit, but where the sender died, Amrina Mitzvah came to Vramit. Therefore, it goes to the to the uh, to this receiver or his inheritor. Right? So he splits it. Right? He goes with holech lav kishi, but he also has mitzvah lekayim devreamit. The rabbis come along and say, "What? You, you split it? Why? They have a sefik in the laws." Misafka lehu. Which means misafka lehu. The misupak if you say holech kishi or not, and the misupak if you say mitzvah lekayim devreamit. So therefore, in either case, you're going to have to split it. Because if you hold Olech Lav Kishi, it goes to the Mishaleah. If you hold Olech Kishi, it goes to the receiver. If you hold Mitzvah Lekayim Devreamit, it goes to the receiver. If you don't hold Mitzvah Lekayim it goes to the sender. So, Safek, therefore, in all cases, split it 50 that way, 50 that way. Comes again when I says, Vikan Amru, in Bavel, they said, Shuda Adif. Hmm. Know what Shuda is? Let the Shaliyah pick one Shittat. Don't, 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 don't mix up Shittat, which means let the Shaliyah, so whatever side he likes better, because both Shittat have validity, Shaliyah's called. But don't mix and match Shittat, Mesefek. Shuda, I mean, be conclusive, that's better. And Rabbi Shimon, he's coming to bring you a story. That Ma'aseh Shaya, what was the story that he told you? That what? That Holech. What was the story over there? Let's get the story that he told. 
Right. Which means Holech is Lavkishi. He brought a Maaseh that the money went back to the Mishaleah. Good. So that's how we want to explain the But In any event, we've proven positively that what? That indeed is a Mahalukat Tanaim. Do you say Holech is Ki or not? Comes to Gibran and says no. No. I'll tell you, when it comes to a healthy guy sending something, there's no argument, which means everybody holds Okay, so then what's the argument over there? Now you got to learn the whole Bhaita again. All six opinions talking about a Shkid Before you can talk about the Shkid Merah, you got to get some facts. What are the facts? The argument of his going to be based on Rabbi Al-Azhar and the rabbis. Good. A guy's coming along and uh, he's dividing his assets amongst his children verbally. Okay, that's what he's doing. No, not necessarily. Which means, normally, a regular inheritor, he just divides up the assets equally. This guy's different. He's saying, you're going to get this much, you're going to get that much. But he's giving everybody a custom... Uh, a custom Yerusha. So it says like this, I don't care if the guy's healthy when he's giving out the, 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 the Yerusha, or I don't care if he's a Shechimera, doesn't matter. Which means he's going to say what? You got to give it over in the normal ways of Kenyan. Which is even a Shechimera, a Bir Azar, says no such thing that's an automatic. You got to give it over in the normal way. Therefore, which is another way of saying real estate, Karka, it's only given over unless it was gifted in, or given over, transacted in the normal way of buying karka. There's three ways to buy karka. With money, writing a star, or hazaka. Hazaka means that the receiver has to actually do something on the field to show that it's his. Put a lock on the door, put a fence around the field, etc. If it's regular metalically, movables, and nikneem ela v'meshicha. The only way that this is going to be transferred is why... Pulling it, which is the Bil Azar holds a shita. There's no difference between a bari giving Yerushat to his kids or a shchimera. You got to work with the regular kinyanim. Karka bekesef star vehazaka metaltlim with meshicha. Oh, so comes the rabbis and argue. Hachamim monim elu veelu nikneim baamira. So the hachamim come along and say, no. That when it comes to a, uh, a situation like this, okay. it's nikneen ve amira. Amira is going to be enough. You do not have to actually uh, um, you do do do, do a uh, do a kenya. Which means whether it's nechasim sheeshtem aharayut, whether it's nechasim she'en lehem aharayut, by a case of a shchid you don't have to make the regular kenya. Which is which we learned always till now. Which means now we just learned there's another shita out there of Rabbi Azar. He says a bari and a shchiv merah is the same law. No such thing as an automatic. Hachamim say no, no, no. The shchiv merah it's an automatic, even though his word is considered contractual. His word is considered transacted. So comes the Gemara says Amru no. So the rabbis tell the Bil Azar. I'll prove you wrong. I have a story. Maaseh beiman shel benerochel, the mother of benerochel. Benerochel was the name of a family. The children were called Bnei Rochel, and the mother of them, Shaita Hola, she was on her deathbed, the Amra, and she said, "Tinaten kibinati libiti." I want you to give my uh, her certain takshit, she had certain jewelry that she had, 
a brooch of some sort, and she wanted to give that uh, gift it to her, uh, to her daughter as Yerusha. Normally a daughter doesn't get Yerusha, but she wanted to give that as Yerusha. Vihi bishnim asar maneh, it was very expensive, it was, you know, cost 12, 12 maneh. Umeta, and then she died. Vikimu hachamim edivareha. And the rabbis upheld her uh, words, even though she, the, the daughter did not make Meshicha. So you see what? That the words of a Shibira, as evident in this story, are considered delivered. That's why they gave it to the daughter, they did not give it to the sons. That's the rabbi's claim against the Bil Azar. What are you telling me there's no law of Shibira? What about the story of, uh, you know, the mother of uh, these uh, children over here, yeah? Look what the Bil Azar answers. Kemara says, Amar Rochel, Tikberem Imam. Let their mother bury these children. Which means you're bringing a rayah from these children. These children were Rishaim, by the way. And therefore, we can't learn a story from the Rishaim. Why were they Rishaim? According to the Bil Azar, he held these kids over there planted kilayim. They had a field, and they kept thorn bushes growing in their fields. And according to the Bil Azar, thorn bushes is considered the food of animals. And therefore, since it's considered food of animals, and you're growing it in your wheat field, so they have two different products growing simultaneously. And they didn't want to get rid of it. So the Bil Azar said, these guys over there, wicked people. You're questioning why the rabbis took away the Yerusha from the kids? You can't bring me an ayah from the scheme in this case over there. They should be buried by the way, they should die these kids over here. Now, Hachamim obviously argued, because the Hachamim held that maybe that's not Kilayim really, because it's not considered really food, the thorns, and therefore there's been no problem. But to be honest, according to me, that story over there means nothing. The reason why the rabbis took it away from them could be it's because they were Avariyarim. Look at the Rashi. Tikverim Imam. Kedalai. Kedomar. Lo ya'alu alev. They should not enter your heart. Don't bring this family as a proof. They kept uh, uh, thorns in the vineyard. That's considered kilayim. learning halachot from Rishayim, the way they divvy up their, uh, you know, their, uh, their Yerusha. In any event, keep that on the side, the Benero Chel. You do see what we have a fantastic ma'alog to the Azar. And Hachamim, does the Shechid Merah, is it signed and delivered? According to Hachamim it is. According to the Azar, not. Once you got that information, now let's go back to the six Shittot and plug it in. Again, we're talking about now the six Shittot, it's a Shechid Merah case. And the Gemara explains, Tanakama Kirabi El Azar. Okay, let's go review the case now. What was Tanakama? Gare Shechid Merah. He sent to Shaliyah, go give the item to that guy. And what happened? When he got there, the guy was dead. The receiver was dead. Oh, if you hold like Rabbi Al-Azad, that is Shechid Merah, until he actually makes an acquisition, it's not his, so therefore it goes back to the Mishalayah. Right? Good, so that's, that's going to come up. V'Rabbi Natan, V'Rabbi Yaakov, Namek, Rabbi Al-Azad. And they also agree, like the Bi'azad, that what? Shechimirah, it's not considered delivered. But the Hadush is Afalgav Demit. Even though the sender died, it still goes back to him. You know why? Because we don't say it's mitzvah to fulfill the words of the deceased, and therefore he still gets it, meaning his inheritor is going to get it. 
Tiyashomrim that say that why you always give it to the receiver, because they're going to like the rabbis that say, Ashkiv Merah, it's like it's signed and delivered already. Therefore, I don't care who dies. Bottom line, once the Shaliyah has it, it's as if it's given over. And let me point out to you what I, what I said earlier in the Shi'ud. And since the Shaliyah has it, therefore it's even going to be gifted to the inheritors. Which normally I told you a regular Shkid Merah doesn't go to the inheritors. It just goes to the guy that he wanted. Because he made it Amirah. But here we did more than Amirah. He actually sent it. So when you actually send it, it's a bigger master that shows you wanted to get. And if he's not there, give it to the inheritors. That's the Yeshubim. The Rabbi Yudana sees Shabbat Shubim Rabbi Mir, Rabbi Azar. He also can be Azar. Therefore, where the sender dies, it goes. B- where the receiver dies, mm. it goes back to the sender, because it's not signed and delivered. However, But where the sender dies, it's a mitzvah that came to the you give it to the inheritors or the receiver, whoever is still around. The rabbis say, you know what? Divvy it up. To have a safik, if you go like Rabil Azar, or you go like. The rabbis, or if you hold mitzvah that kayim devrei amet or not, so therefore when you come up with these cases, just split it. Vekan amru shuda, and in Babel they held, you know what? Let the shalia choose a shita. Adif is better. Bring you a story that what they brought the money back to the mishalaya like Rabbi El Azar. End of sugya on this point, but you see for me, you have no idea of Holech Kishchi. Really, I'll tell you, everybody else, Holech, love Kishchi. This right over is talking about a situation of a, a Shchid Merah, and it's based on the opinions of Rabbi Azar and Rabbana. Now the Gemara has a question. The last episode, the last Shita was the Bishim on Hanasi. And the only problem is we haven't found in history a Nasi called Rabbi Shimon. And we do have maybe Rabban Shimon, Mingamriel, things like that. But Rabbi Shimon and Nasi, not so well known. So you want to ask the question, Ibayilu, Rabbi Shimon and Nasi, Nasi have I? Was he a Nasi? Or Mishimid Nasi, Kamar? What does it mean in the name of Rabbi Yudah Nasi? Tashima, bring your proof. De Amar of Yosef, Halakha, Kirabi Shimon and Nasi. There you go. Rabbi Yosef said clearly that Allah is like Rabbi Shimon Anasi. Hold it. What's the proof of that? We asked the same question on that statement. Va'adayin teba'ilach. Nasi who? Did he mean that he's the actual president? Or the Ka'amar Mishimen the Nasi? Or is it in the name of the Nasi? Would be the same question we have on the bride that we have on Rabbi Yosef. Kamara says, Tiku, we don't know what that Hanasi exactly is referring to. But we have a problem now. Gufa. Amar of Yosef, you just told me the name of Rabbi Yosef, Halakha Kedabi Shimon Hanasi. Now, if Halakha Kedabi Shimon is, that means we go like Rabbi Al-Azhar, that the Vresh Chiv Merah is not like it's given over. To give us, how could that be? Why? What are you talking about? We know that it's considered signed and delivered. Rabbi Yosef Muki Labibari. Oh, very good. Rabbi Yosef will learn the Braitha the first way we learned it, that it's talking about a Bari. Maybe we had two ways of learning. So if it's talking about a Bari, so therefore must be Rabbi Yosef holds, Holech Lav Kishi. That's why when the guy dies, the receiver dies, the money goes back to the Mishaleyah. Good. So that's what the Rabbi Yosef said. Halakha Kedabi Shimon Anasi. Meaning that Oleg is not because we're talking about a body and we're not getting involved in the Shimon issue. Kamaraz is hold it. 
if you look at the story of Rabbi Shimon Anasi, the episode that he said was, I'll give you the story clearly. The story was Oh, the money was given back to the inheritors of the sender. Oh, so let me get the story clear again. We got to review this story. That means who died over here? Like we said, the sender died. Oh, so if the sender died, first of all, you see clearly because you're bringing it back to the sender's side. But who'd you bring it back to? You brought it back to the Yorshim. Hold it. If you're bringing it back to the Yorshim, that means you're saying there's no mitzvah lekayim devre amit. Because if there was a mitzvah to be mekayim devre amit, you got to give it to the receiver. So the Gemara said, how can you say that? So the Gemara you understand the question? If there's a mitzvah lekayim devre amit, you cannot give it to the uh, to the inheritors of the Mishalaya. Once the Mishalaya dies, you got to give it to the receiver because it's a mitzvah to fulfill the wishes of the dead. The Gemara says, make a change there. You know what the story was? They returned it to the Mishalaya, which is the receiver died and they returned it back to the sender. But in a if the sender wasn't around, you'd have to be Mikayim, Tevreim. So we're changing the episode. We take out your Shimai just to put it back. To the sender himself. Look at the bottom of the sheet at the end of the pitch. Tini bimilteder bishem on yazeru le meshaleyach velo titni le yorshem meshaleyach de velo met asina. We're talking where the sender did not die. Hadran alach hamivi kama.